Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled, How I Learned to Create Comics. It originally aired April 3, 2022. Hello, welcome to Silver Line Sunday. I am Curtis Fujita, along with our Silver Line Comics team. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about comic books and all sorts of cool stuff. I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Orlando Collectors Deviants, and also to uh, Daytona Beach Comic Con. That will be on Saturday, September 10th, and Sunday, September 11th. So pay attention to that, keep an eye out for it. And uh, let's go around and let's have everybody introduce themselves. I think Tommy had a, a special, special guest. So let's start with, uh, let's oh, start with Tommy. Um, Gabby, Gabby left already. So oh, she left already. Right. Yeah, she took off. She didn't want to be on uh, any longer. Uh, name is Thomas Formonte Jr. Next up is uh, Roberta. Hi, I'm Roberta Conroy. I'm a graphic designer during the daytime. Next up is Mr. Peter Clinton. Peter, tell the folks about yourself. Oh, crikey. Look at me. Jesus. Um, yeah. What, what do I do? Oh, I draw the book. I draw uh, I draw Silverline Team Up, Champion Miss Fury. I'm Curtis Fujita. I'm the creative director at Silverline. My upcoming comic book for Silverline is called Shadow Ghost. It's the Kung Fu comic by a Kung Fu master. So that's me. So what we're going to go ahead and discuss today is the subject is how I learned to create comics. And so, you know, we always kind of give a little bit of our background and what we've done, but I don't think we've had the chance to delve really deep into how each person here on the show kind of got the craft and got the experience because it's a, it's a very uh, specific skill set, not only to create comic books, but all the individual skills that all the people here have. Um, so I figured we'd go around and discuss that. So I guess, you know, um, the first thing, I guess, along that road would be there has to be that moment where you actually decide that you want to make comics. There's a, it's either a book or you meet somebody or something happens. What was the inciting incident that had you folks decide, okay, hey, I, I like comic books so much, I'm going to go ahead and start making them. So any thoughts? Does anybody remember? When did I decide that was what I was God, that was do. such a long... <laughs> How about yourself? I think... Um... I think how about you, Pete? Pete, you go first since you're the yeah. you're the, the you're the, uh, the the baby of the group. Yeah, even though you are really? uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't almost um, as old as us too. <laughs> when did I decide that? I don't know. I think as a child, I decided this is what I wanted to do. But um, life happens, and it wasn't till probably four or five years ago, which I actually said no. I gave everything up and said, "This is what I'm going to do." Um, I think, I think, for the moment, I picked up a comic book. I wanted that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to draw those pictures and 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 tell those stories, mm-hmm. or just draw pretty pictures. I th- yeah, I think for the moment, I picked one up for, for my first Spider-Man comic book, first comic book I got. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's it just true. took a long time before. Adult me realized what am I doing? Go draw comic books. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 
Well, we have somebody that's normally not on oh, the other oh, side of the chat. Wait, Roland. Oh, what's wait, he doing? Hey, Roland. Uh, the, 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 the inmates are in the asylum, so. <laughs> good to see you. Um, yeah, so so good. So that, that's so, so Pete, you kind of always knew that and then you know got to the point where you, you so. knew that commitment. How about how about yourself, Tommy? Um, what about you? I mean uh, it's, my you know, it's, it's kind of like what, what Pete said, you know, it was just Spider-Man for me too, but at the very beginning, but it was uh you know, it was always just liking uh, uh comic books as a as a kid. Never really thought about drawing comics or working in the comic book industry. I've I've always liked to draw and I always could could draw. I've never had any official as we as we could tell by my inks i've never really had any training i just always liked to draw ever since i was little and um it for me it turned out that uh um when i got out of uh, high school when i started going to college i ended up in uh, hattiesburg mississippi going to usm and uh was uh started uh you know fell in love with comics again by going to comic shops, right, and um, and then just like, well, look at all these books. You know, I, I knew I knew a few books, but you know, as as you were getting them from the the Seven Eleven and the and the the, the drugstore and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but no, while in college, it happened to there was uh, three guys that were breaking into comics, and I, I, I have a computer science degree is what I went to school for, but they were you know. One of them was the was was writing stuff, and the other two were in the art art department, you know, taking art classes and stuff. And uh, you know, and I met them through different. I'm not going to say who they are, Roland, Stephen, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I they they started getting um, um, feedback from from publishers and stuff. You know, they were turning and doing the doing comics and all this kind. Of, and I just thought in my head, it's like. Shoot, I can draw. I put a dude. I love comics too. Let me let me do this. And so uh, I couldn't draw, but you know I thought I could draw. And uh, so I just started, uh, you know, uh, practicing a whole bunch. Roland always tells my story about uh, you know uh, getting a lot of uh, ink samples over Stephen and Mitch, and eventually they started looking good, and they they uh, they started. You know, they put me to work, and it, ever since then, you know. So I, I think the the first stuff I ever uh, got published when I was like 22, 23. Yeah, I was. I was didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I was getting stuff published or having stuff. You know, some of my work published. Uh, a book called Scum of the Earth that was through Aerosol. That was a Malibu uh, book. And then, you know, I was working on the cat and mouse stuff. I did uh, a few issues of cat and mouse. I did pretty much all of the, uh, the demon tales books. And, and then that's when Roland ended up going to uh, working for Malibu and, you know, and then he, he, you know, I, I uh, rode in on his coattails. That's where I met you guys sort of, you know, we, we didn't officially meet me, but you know, we all worked together mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so no, that was that was pretty much it. Now, should I have stayed doing computer? <laughs> Maybe, probably. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the oh, end of the show. <laughs> should I but, keep uh, doing it? <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, no, it was just uh, my uh, my my wife uh, Renee. She mm-hmm. uh, saw that I liked doing it, and 
And she was like, well, you know, we got to pay the rent. We got to pay the, you know, this, if you can make enough money where, you know, we can do all this stuff, take a chance. And so, you know, I, I quit working the, my full-time job while I was going to college and, and, um, you know, and then I started, started making money, especially when I started working from doing the Ultraverse books and the, and Marvel stuff. I, you know, start broke into those bigger companies and then, and started making a bunch of money. Then it turned started turning out pretty good at that point. So, well, so I'll stop. About, no, no, it, it's fascinating. You know, how about you, Roberto? What was what was the uh, what was the inciting incident for you to 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 go ahead and enter the? It's funny because you know I have a I have a weaving in and out. I think in mm-hmm. my in my story because I've always loved drawing ever since I was extremely little. And I've had, I don't know, fascination mostly with the Sunday comic strips mm-hmm. when Absolutely. I was really little. And I just loved copying them and making my own. And I had quite a few books I've made of like, you know, extra Garfield or something. And just just fun little things that I would draw. And I noticed that, um, I don't know, there was a time that they had, Robotech coming out on TV and I just drew Robotech characters for like, I don't know, a year. It was dumb, but you know, there we go. So like, you know, every time I thought I'm going to be a fantasy artist or a a book cover illustrator, that's really what I was thinking. I didn't really think comics because I didn't really think that I would be able to break into that. So, you know, I just thought, well, I'm going to try to be a commercial illustrator and see where it goes. And you know, that, that doesn't always make a lot of money unless you, you know, actually are really <laughs> prolific. And I was I was thinking, well, maybe I should have a fallback. And I, I went to school for graphic design and illustration, both. And I figured if I can get into comics, I would love it. But I didn't see how. And then just somehow, um, I'd have to say just accidentally, I met the right people. And... You know, I was able to see that they were starting up at Malibu. And I thought that is exactly what I want to do. And I'll tell you why. Because every single painting that I did, physical painting in school, looked like a cartoon. Like, just that's what I love to do. Like, you know, it just it just looked that way. It just had this kind of comic feel, the drama of it, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was like, that's really the, the angle I want to go for. So yeah. I... That's what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, when this opportunity came uh, to do, I'd say, coloring on all of the Ultraverse titles, they're all different. So I got a very big, wide range of, of skill out of that. And it just set, set me into being extremely happy um, to do that. That's so, great. You know, we, we keep talking about keep talking here and the word ultraverse come up, you know, and now it's, it's a, it's a defunct brand, you know, as is unfortunately Malibu comics who published it. Um, while, while I say this, uh, Roberta, did you want to, did you want to do some art and then maybe we'll have Tommy take over? For your- sure. Let yeah. me start it. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of yeah. clicking here, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the, at the time, the ultraverse brand was one of the premier brands out there and, and was, was very competitive um, with, with the comic books with Marvel and DC and all those things. And it really was a, was a great start for a lot of people. Um, for myself, um, you know, I, I loved comic books right from the start, you know, probably like age 
six or seven, um, wanted to do the art, you know, wanted to be an artist for it. Um, but, but I think the thing for most of us here, um, depending on what spectrum of the ages, there was no internet at the time. So there wasn't like a clear path on how to get into comic books, you know? Um, so you had to kind of really research or be lucky enough to know somebody to, to get into it. So for me, um, that's how I, I was just because a big fan of X-Men and uh, eventually started working as an intern at um, Malibu Comics and so forth and so on and got some exposure there. So, um, yeah, so, 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 okay, so that's kind of everybody's initial kind of way in. Did any of you, well, one thing that Tommy kind of mentioned was he was talking about his wife. I, I found that I was very fortunate that my family was extremely supportive of me doing it. It wasn't like you have to be a doctor or, or, you know, or, or some, or teach or something like that. Um, they were very supportive. Um, so that was kind of my backbone. Um, did everybody kind of have like support and kind of people that understood why you were wanting to do this and, or was it, or was it a little bit of a different experience? I don't know if anybody wants to comment on that. No, I thought, thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was what? I was very fortunate. I've been very yeah. well, very well supported by my my family. Um, I mean, I, I gave up work and said I want to move to America to go to the Joe Kewitt School because I've always wanted yeah. to go. Yeah. And uh, my partner was like, "Yeah, when can we leave?" So, uh, yeah, I was very, I was very lucky, um, and my family supported me in, in doing that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it if they uh, if they hadn't supported me. Just yeah. it wouldn't be possible at all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it 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 helps, you know. But I I think you know sometimes it's hard for people to understand because it's not the normal career path, right? For people yeah. like not only I want to be an artist for a job because some people don't even understand the concept that you can be a professional artist, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then you can always say, hey, look at every piece of every packaging of everything you have in your house and everything that you've read and everything you watch. And there's an artist's uh, fingerprints there somewhere, you know, um, but they don't see it that way. But, but um, like for, for for Tommy and Roberta, you said people thought you were kind of, you know, crazy. Did did they get mm -hmm. looped? Did they warm up to the idea as you progress through your career? They, oh, I get it now. Or I understand you can actually make money doing this. Or, or are they still Eventually. trying to... <laughs> yeah eventually eventually yeah. and they saw it was working you know mm -hmm. and that i was actually actually stable with it mm -hmm. yeah well, then you know i think they're like oh, okay you know it's like uh, all it really takes is networking and so mm -hmm. you keep on that path and see what happens so yeah, yeah eventually it was supporting but you know initially there's like oh my god you're crazy <laughs> yeah. mine was mine was totally out of the blue because it was you know i uh, all through uh high school and before high school and even before started high school you know I, i've always been a, a computer gaming nerd we've we've talked here several times about well i i, I can't play computer games because I, i'm addicted to them so i i've, I've always been I, I I just I'll sit there and when I'm one of those guys that'll just even even now I would just sit there and just play all night because I just love it you know playing games and all that kind of stuff so that was my reason for uh, uh, wanting to learn how to program and I and I've the way that just so happens the way that my brain works I guess I I'm I like to code I, I'm a really good coder too so that's why I, I just, uh, went to school for computer science and 
you know, I wanted to be a, uh, to write games and stuff. And I wrote a bunch of games, you know, in high school and stuff that, that, that were pretty cool. And so all my family and, 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 you know, and I taught myself when I went to college, you know, I just jumped right into the, the higher level, you know, coding classes and stuff and just kind of skipped over. They allowed me to skip all over those beginning classes because I didn't need to take all those classes because I already had taught myself how to, you know, program in assembly language and C and C++ and all that kind of stuff that you'd have to learn, you know, as, as you were trying to take classes. So, you know, so I, I did go to school for all that stuff. And then right there at the end, you know, fixing the, you know, start doing all that recruiting stuff to go do some, some work. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to draw Spider-Man. And they're like, but they always knew I could draw because, you know, it was always, I would always help, you know, family and stuff with uh, art projects. And, you know, during, during high school and stuff, you know, I would always help with the art classes and stuff and do things, but I was never in, in the art classes. I just could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been somebody that could just uh, see things and figure them out on my own and then give me a, a week or two. And then I can, I can just do them. Yeah. Um, so I consider myself more of a con artist as the artist <laughs> I'm able to stake things out. To, to people have started companies being con artists. And, exactly. and so, you know. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so all of a sudden it was uh, time to finish school and it was uh, like, you know, I think I'm going to not do all these interviews through all these, uh, these companies that are trying to recruit you. And cause that's what, you know, how, you know, how colleges do, you'll have the people come by and try to get you to, to do, uh, to, to go to work. And uh, then I just, you know, it's rolling in them's fault, you know. What <laughs> yeah, just started started drawing comics, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm telling my family that it's like you spent how much money on 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 a university? <laughs> it's like, and you're not going to do anything with that. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I said, yeah, let me try this for a little bit, and it's just kept going. So yeah, it was nuts. They thought it was crazy. It's like you just <laughs> and they knew all through high school and stuff that I I just love. To, to, to write programs and the code and to do all, all that kind of stuff. And I still do now, like with the Kablam site, you know, uh, you, Barry and I have developed the look of it, but all of the, the code of the website is, uh, is what I've, you know, the stuff that I wrote. So it's, uh, uh, so for good or for bad, Kablam's my fault. <laughs> before, yeah, before we go too much further into it, Tommy, um, do you want do you want to do some art? Um, oh, I thought uh, Roberta was. Showing. I think there was a little bit of technical. I can't issues. get it to share. Oh, it, okay. It, well, I'll, my, I'll yeah, my Photoshop is just bouncing and not opening. The older version of Photoshop doesn't have permission to share, so I don't know how to get out uh-huh. of it. <laughs> Well, in, for for me, um, it was you know it was it was definitely you know like I was saying I was I was very um, supportive and and uh, definitely was my my mom was extremely supportive you know um, my my parents got divorced when I was really young and so um, you know I, I didn't really grow up around my dad and I think sometimes some of that guilt may have kind of helped me get <laughs> my mom to, do, to take me to a lot more comic conventions. I'm not laughing, and- but I, I went through the same thing. You were able to do some stuff that you probably oh, were yeah. able to do. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, but, um, but yeah. Away so, with, rather. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she would take me to comic conventions and all this stuff. And of course, you know, this is back in, 
in the days of the dungeon comic book conventions and my mom was you know was a very pretty lady and, and young young looking and so you know i can only imagine what she had to deal with i remember she took me to one convention and the head of the convention was hitting on her because it was like oh look there's a woman here you know um <laughs> so but um but yeah you know so so very 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 supportive in in, in that regard you know um so did you know for me I always talk about like kind of like chasing the dragon, like how like a drug addict gets something and they just want to get that first hit. I've always kind of wanted to, I always enjoyed like watching cartoons and kind of just sitting on my belly and drawing when I was a little kid. Oh, Roberta yeah. left. And um, that's kind of like what the whole premise yeah, know, that I'm, I'm still trying to do, you know, is kind of trying to get back to that, that kind of experience. Um, for you guys, were you creating comics before you started, like in, in Pete's case, you know, started going to the Kubert School or in Tommy's case, started drawing it or starting to build up your freelance portfolio? Were you doing it kind of like fan, fan stuff as a kid or was it not until you specifically were kind of pursuing this as a job that this? this I, I wasn't and that was a mistake. I think you should. I think you should. I, I just kept doing um, like re, redrawing pages from comic books, like trying to, so I had a portfolio which is fine i think you, you you should do that as well but if you want to make comics just go and make comics that's, yeah. that's all there is to it if you can't have an idea go and make the comic do it yourself yeah were you drawing though i mean maybe not comic art but were you drawing oh yeah you know I've, I've always always drawn i've always yeah. done art um and i've always you know i got the i got the how to draw comics to marvel way as when i was a kid and I just, uh, I've still got it. And I, I think anyone who wants to draw comics should get it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I copied that religiously and did everything in there that it, it told you to do. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, give me a head start on when I went to the Cuba school. I, you know, I've been drawing for a long time already. Yeah. I've been drawing comics specifically. So. It, it's a great book, but it's also kind of one of those things where it's like when you're looking at it, there is this element of like a cooking show where they're like, okay, you mix these things together yeah, yeah, yeah. and you go over to the oven and they pull it out complete. And you're like, I think I'm missing this some what, of the steps. This is what, when, I, when I'm teaching the, teaching kids to, to do comics, I said, right, so we can do the stick man and we can right. do different shapes for the, for the body, for you know, cylinders and circles and squares and whatnot. And I said, and then the next bit you're not going to be able to do. Because <laughs> it takes years and years and years and years of practice and learning anatomy. Because you go from those spheres and, and cylinders to basically a finished muscle thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just if you don't know that, you're not going to be able to do it. And I think that's that was that was the book. It was like, well, so you got this step one, step one, step two, and then step three. It's like, well, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, yeah exactly, cool. exactly. How'd you get from two to three. That's huge. Oh. Yeah, so intim- I remember when I got that as a kid, and it was just like, my gosh, talk about intimidating! You're like, yeah. As soon as they started getting into perspective, and they got into yeah. like like developing things in, in shapes of cylinders and stuff, my brain was just fried. I I, I, had, I was like checking out. I had like, such a hard time at that point, you know. Um, but it's still a great a great resource, and you know, you know. Yeah, it is. It's because it's just it's just comic. Just draw comics. And, yeah. And it and it teaches those basics of perspective and and shadow and um and yeah construction of a page and why that's what i really loved i loved those comparisons they had like one on on the left hand side they had a comic book page and it was good um on the right hand side they had the same page again but it was 
dynamic and it was exciting mm. and the camera angles changed and the body language changed you're like oh cool that's that's what you have to aim for that's why I, even now that's what I still aim to do sure to make boring boring but it's the conversation stuff still interesting to look at oh yeah I, I remember they had that they had that picture of like a robot coming through a wall in the original yes, version yeah. completely yeah. flat and he's just like yeah. this it looks like it looks like a stage play and then so there's the changed. other people with like at a dutch angle underneath yeah and, yeah it's great and, brilliant yeah, yeah, absolutely fascinating. How about how about um you you Tommy um did you were you kind of drawing comic book stuff before you kind of began your onboarding process for lack of a better term into the industry or no? Yeah, see, I'm 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 the weird one. No, mm-hmm. I did not. I was uh, I drew I drew whatever I felt like drawing. I wasn't drawing comics. I was uh, you know doing a lot of uh, uh, just little cartoony things I, I you know it's like you were talking about earlier just watching the saturday morning cartoon stuff i really like uh super super cartoony stuff no it wasn't until really until college mm-hmm. that uh where i i mean when i say i literally sat there and saw Stephen and mitch and and roland and them just I, I was an idiot but i really sat you know saw those guys and was like i can do that and then i just started practicing and then mm-hmm. And then, you know, within the year, I was doing it. Um, that's yeah, it's, it's it's just the, the the weird the weird thing with me. But it uh, it's like like I mentioned in a while ago, I I can pick up things pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I've always been able to pick up things. Well, I think I think I think you know you and Pete both kind of talked about, it and you both said you just do it. You know, that's how you get yeah. good at it. You, you know, and 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 kind of like in. In my martial arts background, there's like this fundamental posture called the horse stance where you have to kind of sit in this squatting position and it gives you all the foundational stuff moving forward. And it's really difficult. And people will say, I've had people come up to me and say, well, maybe there's an e- maybe can I do squats or can I do this? Can I do that? Uh, how can I do it to, to get good at it? And I said, yeah, there's a perfect exercise. What is it? Horse stance. Like there's, there's no way to do it but to do it. And by doing it, you get familiar, you know? Um, so I think that that's just a common truth. Um, um, okay. And now Roberta's back in. I, I, did, I did want to say though. Real you quick want to give it a try for the um, sharing? Well, oh, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe would you want to try like oh. in a little bit since Tommy's our stream, we'll kind of I love watching with, Tommy. So yeah, we'll switch back. Like no, that, I, right? I, I wanted to say about what Pete was talking about a while ago. It's mm-hmm. like there, you know, I did pick, one of the easier, it's not, it's not easy, but one of the, the simpler things, if you were going to try to break into comics to, to, to try to do, you know, I wasn't trying to be a penciler, you know, um, I mean, I do a pretty decent job now, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was really trying to be an inker, you know, cause I figured I wanted to, I wanted to do comics and I'm like, you know, I think that'd be the fastest way for me to get in. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, uh, so, so, you know, big, big, you know, thumbs up for, for Pete and stuff. You know, I, I you know, even that I can't draw, I can't draw this kind of stuff that, that I'm looking at, we're looking at on the screen here. I can do <laughs> cartoony stuff like this, uh-huh. but I can't draw this kind of, kind well, of stuff. Speaking of what's I can, on the I can eat the crap out of it, but I can't draw it. There's, there's, there's no way. So speaking of what's on the screen, why don't you go ahead and let everybody watching know what they're looking at and. This is this is Trump's number four. This is a uh, what what Mr. Pete drew, and uh, this is page uh, page six of the Trump's number four. So oh, yeah, yeah, nice. that's a beautiful page. Looking good. 
I mean, yeah, I could draw this. I don't care what pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and and Roberta, so um, I know you, you stepped out just briefly, but so what we were going yes. over was essentially, did you do any comic book art prior to actually doing, starting to do it as a career, or was it something that you kind of picked up as you were actually working in the industry? No, I, I ha- actually picked it up there at Malibu. Mm-hmm. When and, I think. Um, I yeah. think it was because I had such a very strong background with illustration in school. You know, I was very com- confident that it would translate because I was fascinated by color. You know, that yeah. was one of the things that really was a, a focus of mine when I was watching things is just how how light falls on, on different objects and people. And so I think it just turned out to be a perfect way to to have um that's that tendency to like hone a talent mm-hmm. by doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it you know so I, I never felt like i never felt like i was stumbling at it because the the pace was fast so you just trust yourself to just learn and i think it, it worked definitely and i think you know you you had mentioned before that you were studying under our guest next week, Jerry Bingham, a phenomenal mm-hmm. artist, illustrator, painter, comic book artist, uh, just absolutely, absolutely. stunning. And, um, you know, I remember he he took me a little bit under his wing when I was there. I think he took all everybody that was an he artist did. under his wing, you know. He did. And, uh, he was very helpful. And he, he even, like, would have figure drawing. He You know, after hours, we'd have a figure drawing mm-hmm. class. Um, and mm-hmm. I still remember him telling me, which what you hear so many people echo. I remember we had Sergio Aragones. Um, at, at, at the office too and oh, he said God, yes. you got it you got to be able to do it for real as an illustrator as a painter as all these things then you can translate it to comic books animation whatever but you, you got to have the goods you know regardless mm-hmm. that was something jerry right. used to always instill um and i remember one time we were doing figure drawing and i got bored so i threw like a bionic arm on the on the on the model and, and jerry walked around and just he just shook his head and he just goes he goes you know you can you can take the the comic books away from the boy, but you can't take the the, the comic books outside of the boy. You know, something along those lines. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, um, for for me, it, I actually was like drawing comic books even before I I started working in the industry and working at Malibu, and I actually did like my own like twenty two page comic book with ink and all this stuff, and you know, horrific probably by by today's standards, but but it was such a it was right. such a learning experience and so fun, you know, to do. Um, and then, you know, starting at Malibu Comics, then it's like, oh, this is how it's how it's really done, you know. Um, but um, so that that's interesting. So that's kind of everybody's kind of backstory before you got into it. Um, so I, I figured maybe I just kind of go on and get a little bit more specific and to ask questions to each of you specific to your kind of journey. So, mm. so, so for you, Pete, you know, I mean, that's a big move, you know, not just at being an, an adult, you know, having a, a career. Because correct me if I'm wrong, were you in finance or or, or I was something? in finance for ten years. Yeah, I did t- don't know what that was why I did it. I did it. Yeah. And 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 from there, you know, then you you transitioned and not only went to go and study, but you went to study abroad. Essentially, yeah. Was that was that was that something that it was like it took a year or so of just kind of soul searching, or was it just like one day you're like, you know what, I've had it with this, and yeah. I'm out. How did that go? Um, I realized. Uh, I did. I hated what I was doing, and I was just draw. I, I it, it, to backtrack. I so I got made redundant, and then I started doing it for myself. I was working for myself, 
Um, and I liked that because it got meant I could just stay home and draw all day. Um, so I wasn't making any money, but I was drawing comics. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I just want to draw comic books. Um, but I knew I'd lacked, I'd, I'd been out of it for too long. I hadn't progressed as quickly as I should have done um, for my age. And I was like, well, I always wanted to go to the Cubit school. Um, and now I can actually afford to go. So um, I literally just said to my girlfriend, I said, if I moved to America to study comic books, would that be okay? And she was like, yeah, wow. let's go. So I was like, right, okay, as long as she's on board. Um, and then I checked out to make sure that my dog could come with us. I had to check the airlines. <laughs> a lot of airlines said no. A lot of airlines said they wouldn't fly with my dog because he's a pug. And short-nosed dogs, they don't like them on, on flights. Mm. They're breathing difficulties. Mm. So for a while, I was like, well, if we, I'm not going to go if I can't take the dog. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so, but we, we did. Someone came back. Virgin came back and said, yeah, we'll fly the dog. So I was like, right, okay, I can get the dog there. I can get there. Wow. Um, and I just applied to the school, and the school said, yeah. I did my interview of the school, which was the most horrible thing I've ever done. How so? How so? How was it so horrible? Well, because I thought, I stupidly thought that my work was pretty good. I should be all right. Uh, and you said, and then I have to do a telephone interview with Mike Chen, mm -hmm. uh, who does all the interviews for the, you know, to, to get into school. And Mike, if you, if you ever meet Mike, he's very, he doesn't, doesn't say very much. He doesn't give you very much. And I'm like, so every, I kept asking him, so so it's good. My stuff's good, and he asked me questions. And eventually, in the call, I said, "So my stuff is is okay, yeah." And he goes, "Hmm, it's adequate." <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow!" And that's, that's a like compliment. That's a compliment. Stomach. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, "Oh, you're asking me to spend a lot of money on adequate." I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got in, and and very quickly after that, it was like. Well, let's go. We moved out there and found somewhere to live and started school three weeks later. Yeah. Now, now, had you had you seen like so? You you said you'd wanted to go there for some time. Yeah. Was it was it because of the the ads in the comic book that you yeah. always put the Tarzan like figure? Yeah. Um, and and had you oh, had it, you? It, 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 it was usually the two kids and they're being attacked by monsters and one of them saying, "Oh, but on the on the good side, we've been just accepted into Cuba school." And, <laughs> Uh, Adam and Andy Cubitt were like my some two of my idols. I thought yeah. like their, their their stuff was incredible, X Men and Wolverine and stuff. And I was sure. like, oh man, to go to that school, those well, they, those guys are there. Um, I did the correspondence courses as a kid. Uh -huh. My mum paid for those correspondence uh -huh. courses, and you know, you're just a kid just doing stuff. And I was so excited, I got stuff back. And I was convinced I was getting stuff back from Joe Cubitt himself. <laughs> like Santa Claus. I'm not sure if I was. I might have been doing. I don't know. I know Fernando Ruiz does it now, but um, yeah. And so the moment I realised, actually, no, I do have the money. I can do this now. I'm, you know, I don't get any student loans being an overseas student, so I had to pay for everything myself. Um, so the, those the, those years working in finance paid for that basically. I'm wow. poor now. <laughs> but, uh, was, yeah, was it yeah. was it what you expected? Like once you were there and doing it, or was it was it more? Was it the same? What, what was that experience like? You no, know, I don't know what I expected going there. 
yeah. I don't think I don't think I had any expectations. I just knew I was going to go and learn. To, I was going to actually. I went there thinking, oh, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not awful. I know the basics. I know how to, to do certain things. Um, I just need to brush up. I, I'm not very good in car. I need to brush up on that. Turned out I needed to brush up on a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't think I had any expectations. I just go going to expecting that I would be much better coming out than I am now, which is true. Yeah, you do learn an awful lot there, and you work very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no problem doing that. I I'd made this decision as an adult that this is what I was going to do the rest of my life. So I had no problem drawing all day every day. That's um, great. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. That's that's excellent. You know, I just say it, you don't have to go to art school to do this. Nobody you can do what I did and just sit at home drawing, um, but it's hard. Yeah, I, I, when I when I went to art college, um, one of the the illustrators you know that worked with us at Malibu named Keith Conroy, he said, you know, he didn't go to art college, he didn't have an art mm. degree, but what he said is, you're putting yourself in an environment where that is like your job, and you are it's yeah. structured. And you're doing it. And so for some people, that's very advantageous. You know, it's, it's not that you, you you need to, because all of us know that you don't show your diploma to get any job in the art sure. world, you know. But um, but it does help, you know, it does help to kind of have that kind of lifestyle, you know. So yeah. Um, so let, 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 let's get to Tommy a little bit on that. So for t- Tommy, you know, for you, you were saying, I mean, it sounds kind of like, you know, you kind of hit the ground running, right? I mean, you know, you were – you were moving along uh, in tandem with uh, Roland, Mitch, I, I, and I, I fully admit, you know, I rode in on their coattails for yeah. the, but, you know, you still had to do be able to do the work, you know. Sure. So yeah, even though I didn't have any uh, schooling at all, um, uh, you know, I, I still had the, I guess, I, I mean, you got to have the, the eye. I still had, I was still, you know, I could see what I needed to do. So you still have to have something, right? And you know, Stephen and Mitch and in and, uh, and, and Roland, they uh, they put me in touch with a few people. The the one guy that really, really you know helped me out was uh, Jimmy Pamiati. I used to do uh, backgrounds for him for you know pretty much everything he did in the nineties. And was he local uh, to you, or where, where was he? Oh no, he's in New York. New York. So no, Stephen, I think he inked Stephen on something or another, or and then Roland and them, they all met at a. They just all they became buddies somehow or another. So and, would it go? Would it, would, it, would it get like um, FedEx to you, or how how did that process work? Because this is all pretty much pre. Well, yeah. At first, um, with with uh, with Jimmy, he would uh, he'd get the pages and just like any other. Uh, uh, ghost thinking kind of thing, you know. Usually, it's people that you have around him, but he would just send them to me. Um, so there was always that risk of pages getting lost, you know, FedEx, you know, loses things from time to time, as you, as you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, make photocopies of everything, make, make really good copies of, uh, of, of everything that you're, you're sending, but no, Jimmy would just, uh, um, uh, I, I was getting two or three packages a week from Jimmy. He would just send me. You know, we would talk at the beginning of the week. He would say, you know, I'm working on this book this week. I'm going to send you, you know, 30 pages, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, he basically, um, you know, probably shouldn't say this over the air. You know, he'd send me a bunch of blank checks. And mm-hmm. then then at the end, when I send the, you know, the uh, the, the pages back to him, you know, I do everything but like the faces for most of the time, you know, clothes. Mm-hmm. But all the backgrounds, sometimes I do all the clothes. Sometimes I do, 
you know, just pretty much everything. And then he'd come back and jimmy them up is what I called it. He'd make them <laughs> like his stuff because we don't eat anything alike. You know, yeah. he was more of the screechy scratcher kind of kind of eating guy. Uh-huh. And then, you know, so I'd come back with these real pristine looking inks and then he'd come make them look, look like Jimmy's stuff. And uh, then he would, uh, oh, it was funny. Uh, so we would be talking on the phone and he'd go, oh, here's 15 pages. And he'd go 15, you know, times, you know, times three, four, I would say one, two, three, four, five, times 25, six, seven. how about 300 or 3,000 bucks? I'm like, okay. And so he's hit 3,000 bucks on the check and just stick it in the bag. And so, yeah, so that's how it kind of worked with you. But then towards the the middle of when we started working, they it, got, it kind of got known that I was doing work for them. And the pencilers would just send me the pages. Okay. And, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So you know, and then and then Marvel was fine with it, and uh, and whoever else, you know, if it was Dark Horse or whoever, they a lot of the times I would just get the, I would just get the pages. They would just send them straight to me. The the pen, the, the pencilers knew that I was you know, because Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy was doing you know five six books a month. You know, there's one person can't do six books a month. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously somebody was helping. And, um, well, that's like so, Mike, Mike Diodato. I remember in the 90s, you're like, who is this guy, Mike Diodato? How is he doing like seven or eight books every month? How is this one guy doing 20 books a month? This is crazy. This is insane. <laughs> month after month after month. And it was a studio, right? Essentially. Yeah, it was a bunch of guys right? that he would just put in. Yeah. And I don't even, was, it, was there a, a real... Mike Diodato, was there a real that's person? The I, that's the question, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never, I never met him. Um, yeah. Mike Diodato's nowhere, and he's everywhere. I think that was. I'm telling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that's how it kind of went for me. You know, it was just uh, you know, uh, just practicing, practicing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then eventually, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was doing some smaller stuff with Roland and them, uh, mm-hmm. doing the cat and mouse stuff, and then then. Just because of all the, the the work that I was doing, you know, uh, you know, I started getting some Spider-Man stuff, and you know, and so that was uh, that was really the uh, the the cool thing. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, how about how about for um, you, Roberta? I mean, mm-hmm. what was how, what was that when you when you started out? You know, and the fascinating thing for you is it was just this the digital age. Of comic yeah. book production, and let's just be frank—the the digital age of art, you know, was yeah, was, was it absolutely started. Yeah. So, did you have a Photoshop background before starting at Malibu, or was that something that you um, picked up there? Yeah, I had just spent way too much money on <laughs> <laughs> yeah on a Mac at, with a you know a lot of extra RAM, and the RAM chip was like I don't know forty megs or something like that, and it was like. <laughs> $3,200, I forget, Oof. for this Mac. But um, I was I was all set up and I bought Photoshop, so I did it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a university and, uh, to be honest, they were a little behind the times with the computer stuff. Sure. So I've, sure. Been, I've been doing computer art since there were computers. Wow. I did That's Print great. Shop Pro. I did, um, on my Apple IIc, I would make dots you know Mm -hmm. i I programmed uh, a little bit when i was younger so Mm -hmm. um i think really what what came down to is i thought in digital art i played every video game when i was a kid Mm -hmm. you know just like 
it was very chunky back then. I thought it was kind of like, you know, I really was more interested in having a, a career in animation and, you mm -hmm. know, cause that seemed a little more smooth. Sure. Not, not a static, you know, but yeah. I would have, I would have to say like, you know, when, when I started working on, on it as a full-time job, the, the style that I had in painting was very easy to translate. Mm, and okay. I found it, I found it almost no different, really. How so? Was it, was it a little bit graphic or what? How, how no, would you... I was working for a, for a post house as an intern mm -hmm. when okay. I was in college before Malibu. And I quit it actually to be uh, part of Malibu. Okay. Um, and we were doing uh, work with Saban and sure. doing rotoscoping. So I was drawing already for oh, okay. computer art. I was doing yeah. a lot of computer illustration. In, so that, in that, was TV, that was TV shows, right? What, what, what did you call it? Shows? Mm -hmm. Was it like mm -hmm. Power Rangers? Or what, what would it yeah, be? it was Power Rangers. You were Power Rangers? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny. That's cool. Oh, it was so funny. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, it was a fun job. But I mean, I, I was astounded how tedious it is for like a second mm -hmm. to get oh, yeah. a second's worth of, of a, you know, someone shooting a magic shot across at a character and how long it would take to arc, you know, whatever electricity look and, you know, speckles coming on and off and glowing wow. on the characters. And, you know, it was, it was crude and difficult, sure. but I learned a lot. But did you did you I enjoy the time working that, in comic books more? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because of the speed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> rotoscoping was really slow. And sure. I thought, you know, maybe in the future I'll get faster, but at this stage with the way that computers are, yeah, you know, this was like a million dollar machine I'm working on and it's it's second by second drawing is very slow. Sure, sure. So Definitely. I, I really enjoyed the speed that I could I could draw and it literally went to press just like that, just like I drew. So yeah. I didn't have to scan it and have the colors ruined. And, you know, it just really was a, a wonderful process to go straight to four color art. Definitely. And, and, and for those watching, I mean, you know, it's very it's commonplace now. I mean, it's the standard. But at the time, Malibu was very far ahead of the curve. To put it to put it bluntly, it was. Malibu and Image Comics were probably some of the only ones doing digital stuff, and Marvel and DC were still doing things in oh, that yeah. kind of archaic, uh, you know, yeah. color separation, you know. And and for quite a while, I mean, I would say for the bulk of the duration of Malibu's time, kind of the 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 twilight of its years, where it was really doing color comic books, um, mm -hmm. DC and Marvel couldn't couldn't hold a candle to it. And and towards the end, Marvel and DC started doing digital, but but the mentality of the coloring and the quality of the coloring was still very old school and kind of archaic at that time, you know. Um, for my for myself, um, that initial part was, you know, learning it and all that was working as an intern. You know, again, it was it was it was a weird time because you know I was in high school, so I would love to have worked full time and done really cool stuff, but I was just a kid, you know. And um, what most people don't know is I was one of the very first people there. I mean, when I was there, there was only a handful of people. The color team was maybe five or four people at the time, and they were all sitting at a card table. 
Um, and and, <laughs> and, um, and I, I started before Roland. I started before a whole bunch of people. Um, and I, you know, being a kid, I wanted to, I would, I saw everybody climbing through the ranks, but I couldn't because, you know, I'm a kid, you know, I have to go to school and do my homework, you know, but, um, but being in that position to, you had to see, be home by five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But being in that position to, to be, you know, I think the idea of an apprenticeship, I think Cassisi was watching last week and he used the word apprenticeship. An apprenticeship is something that you don't see a lot nowadays. It's more about degrees and getting higher education. But the idea of learning a craft and learning every aspect of a craft. And I think that was one of the beautiful things for me at Malibu is I got to see every part of the creation and get an idea. And um, at that time, we we the thing that was so interesting, we had what's called the color designer position, right? Um, and so the color designer would actually do the colored artwork on a piece of paper with usually Pantones or Prismacolor pens. And then yeah, that would yeah. get handed off to the the, the, the the color teams that would actually do it all and kind of use that as a guideline for Photoshop. And so you used to go into the art room and you'd see just people with these amazing sets of uh, Prismacolor pens, like, you know, over 200 pens yeah. in, in this huge kind of... They're beautiful. Of colors. Oh, and I, I would just drool over it, and 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 I, I knew I, I wanted to do coloring, and I still remember. So without me knowing this, my, my mom had talked to Roland. I don't know if Roland remembers this, and Roland had found out the exact brand and the whole thing. And for my birthday, she got it for me, and so I had this. This is towards my end of time at Malibu, and so I was practicing doing color designs, and. Um, it's like that saying, uh, you know, luck is when preparation and opportunity meet. And so I just happened to be coloring and practicing. And my friend Phil, who was who became one of the editors, we both started as interns. Phil was working on a book and somebody, there was an opening. They had a tight deadline and he asked me to to do the color designs on it. Oh, so yeah. that's how I, I actually started just doing like moving from, to the art side, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it, 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 it's a it's a great experience. Um so for so we kind of kind of got the the first round of things. How it was starting out, getting into it. Um, we, you know, we kind of talked about who were some of the people that were really like strong influences on you. I mean, I think I think Tommy was kind of alluding to that with with Jimmy uh, Palmiotti, but but were the people that really stand out that like there was this was my my mentor. This these were the people that really pushed me and got me to that next level, um, or was it just everybody that you were training with, learning from, what have you. How about you, Pete? What was it at the Kubert School? I mean, how was it done there? Do you do you have, is, is there a wide breadth of different instructors or how, how was that? Yeah, so you, obviously you get, yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of instructors. Um, all of them are professionals in one aspect or another, whether it be pencilers and inkers. Um, you've got the business people who are ex-editors, uh, you got professional colorists, professional inkers, um, writers. Every, everyone who works there, teaches there, has, is a professional comic book something. Um, so you're learning from all these people. Um, yeah. Um, and yet they obviously have people come in. Like in the third year, you have master class lessons. So we had Lee Weeks was doing our master class wow. lessons. Wow. So that was awesome. Um, you have Tom Mandrake, Jane Dersimer, Fernando Rui. There's so many, so many you're learning from, and that, that that's brilliant. 
Um, Were you ever starstruck? Was it, was it, because all these people are just a lot of time, just names on paper, right? Yeah, they are. And, yeah. and you know what I mean? At least for me, when I was coming up, I didn't even know what they looked like. Um, no, I, no, I didn't either. Yeah. Other than Adam and Andy. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't think I knew what any of them looked like. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. No, I don't think I did. Um, and Adam and Andy only taught the third year, second and third years. So I didn't get to actually be taught by them because they, they left by the time I got to the third year. Uh, uh, it didn't matter. I mean, the, I, I think, in fact, they were so busy anyway drawing that, you know, that someone else was really teaching for them. Um, but Tom Mandrake and Jan Desmond sort of lead the, the, the narrative art actual comic book drawing comic book creation that's great and they'd come, in, they'd come in and they'd put they'll show you what they're working on i'll show you the next page you just sit there and go jesus <laughs> never going to be able to do how do they do that how many years was the it's program like, it's like watching watching magic and you know kim demolder inking it's just it, yeah it's it, it's gobsmacking it's like just sitting there every day watching these people just they come down. It looks so easy. It looks so easy. You know, it's, it's just incredible. So that was, I mean, the school, obviously you're surrounded by people and you're learning from them all the time. And, um, but before that, I just learned by copying the, the guys I've really liked, really comic books I really like. So Jim Lee, Michael Turner, Mark Silvestri, the Cubits. I was just always copying their stuff as a kid. I think that's a good way of learning. I say, I say to the kids I teach, so just uh, grab a point book, just copy a page, copy a panel. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Because you're you, you're going to be learning, you, whether you realise it or not, you're learning just by copying someone. Well, all, all the secrets are there. Those, how to draw Marvel, how to draw comics Marvel way. I always copy those pages. And of course, yeah. at that time, I didn't really know who I was copying. But of course, I'm copying one of the best best ever to ever do it. <laughs> like, that was amazing. Look how good that Doctor Doom is. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. But well, I, th- I think I always think like all the secrets. There are no secrets. You just have to have the eyes to see it, right? And yeah, afraid there's you... there isn't there is no there's no shortcut. There's no secret. It's just you mm-hmm. got to. And then the school will your school. You're drawing twelve hours a day. Really, you're drawing twelve hours, twelve fourteen hours a day. Oh. Um, and you you learn just by doing it. Like Roberta was saying, she was learning faster just by doing it. Mm-hmm. You can be, you can have people lecture you all day long, but unless you, if you, if you don't try it and try getting it wrong, you're not gonna. Yeah. How many people? If you just kind of ratioize people that started the same time as you, because art school sometimes does that. How was there a huge drop drop off as 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 the, the school year? does have a high dropout rate? Yeah. They they say that that and Mike Chen said that to me when my in the interview interview that there's a high dropout rate because mm-hmm. it's so much hard work. Yeah. I think it's very hard. I was a little older, so I'd made the decision that this is what I was doing in my life, and that whatever happens, this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, kids that come straight out of high school, mm-hmm. I I think it's I personally think they need to take a year or two out to mm-hmm. go and do uh, either a really basic art class somewhere or just do some living for a year or two mm-hmm. because they come out and I don't think they're prepared for just how much hard work they have to do, how much, how long they have to do it for. 
because sitting down and drawing for 12 hours a day is tough mm-hmm. you really got to love it and it's very difficult if you I, I remember not being I don't know how to draw hands so I'll just <laughs> leave them of course you can't leave them when you're at a school it's like you've drawn the you, you've not drawn the hands so it does this is useless yeah it's rubbish no, no good so if you know how to do something you don't have to do it very well you you people just procrastinate and put it off and put it off and put it off sure you can't you can't do that and I think it, it, it is and the work just keeps piling up so people drop out you know years one and two people drop out no, so if you made it, if you made it to the end of year two, dude, just do the last year. Why would yeah. you do the last year? Because it's expensive, and if it's mm-hmm. not what you want to do, why? Yeah, why would you? I was looking at it from the point of view as if you want to draw comic books, why would you leave? But of course, it's it's not that simple. Well, I think I think it's 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 so many things. It's it's people want it, but how much do you want it? Yeah. Right? You know, it's and, like, and, and... anything, isn't it? You, you mm-hmm. you've got to be prepared to practice and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't want it that much, you won't practice hard enough. My dad always said, "Practice hard, play easy." Because he's a professional sportsman. Yeah, yeah. I never really wanted to do the practicing. I just wanted to go and play. <laughs> he said, "No, you practice, practice really hard, and the easy, the playing bit's easy. Just yeah, it's the same with drawing, making comics. It is hard yeah. work, but the more you do it, the easier it gets." It's like it's like in boxing. They say the fight is won not in the ring; the fight is won in the gym, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, while we're before we kind of move on a little bit, um, Tommy, Roberta, you folks want to switch and see a little bit of what Roberta's sure. working on? If you have sure. everything working pretty good, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, so while we do that, um, uh, you know, for for Tommy, you know, you kind of conveyed to us how much you know um, Jimmy Palmiotti, you know, was a big influence, and in, you know, and, and so forth. Were there any other other people that kind of were big influences on on your career, or was he? You know, it was it was everybody because I didn't have any any schooling. You know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, I just took every every book that I thought that looked cool, and every. Uh, and because, you know, going in at it, at it as a, uh, you know, the, the way I've, I visualize uh, inks, you know, not only do you have to get all the weights and all that, you know, you do, you know, they talk about all the thicks and thins and blah, blah, blah. You hear all the people, they, the inkers talk about that kind of, oh, thicks and thins, bouncy, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, it's, it's providing a, making the picture look like a, a 3D piece of art, even though it's, you know, it's flat, right? So you're trying to give everything weight. You know, and that was in, in trying to put texture in there. So I just tried to look at at just anybody and everybody, and and I would, uh, you know, I, I I just grab, you know, books after books after books, and I just go into them, and I and I'd go, I like that, I don't like this, this looks good, that looks bad, I don't like this, this is crappy, this looks great, and you know, I'd work on those things and. You know, I, I, I tried to end up coming up with a real dynamic ink line, which is what I really liked about some of the Spider-Man stuff, because most of it was pretty, you know, pretty tight and clean. And, you know, even though I can, you know, love Bernie Wrightson's stuff and, and Jimmy's stuff, you know, the, you know, uh, still need to be able to make, you know, textures and all that kind of stuff. So I just took everybody, everything that I possibly could find. And just started practicing and practicing. Like that looks good. That look doesn't look good. I don't like this. I don't like that. Because uh, you know, and and then just started showing editors and stuff. And because of of, of Mitch and Stephen and and Roland, you know, I I kind of thought, 
you know, if those guys are being pencilers, if I could, you know, ink the way that they kind of liked a little bit, and as long as I liked it, then they would probably suggest to me or to suggest it to their, who their editors, if they're looking for an inker, well, let Thomas ink it. You know, he's right here, you know, let him. And that's, that's kind of how it worked out for me. Cause so I, so I kind of, if you, uh, if you ever see the, the stuff that I ink over Stephen and stuff, uh, you know, I, I will say that they, that Stephen Butler, that is, I don't know if any, I didn't mention their last name, Mitch Bird and Stephen Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I ink their stuff, I think really well, people really love when I, when I ink their stuff. So, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and it's not much different than, than, than what I'm doing over Pete here, just trying to take what he's drawn and, and try to try to just make it look crazy cool. That's my idea of a, of a good ink and, and try to, you know, try to give it some weight, make it everything pulled down, make, make the thicks and thins in the right spots where everything has, has, has a weight to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, but anybody particular, no, just everybody, you know, every <laughs> time I look at art, I, 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 you know, and then when I see, you know, like, uh, like when I see stuff that, uh, Pete inks over himself, I'm like, well, Pete, Pete inked it that way because he, he really, he, he likes that kind of thing. So I try to go, well, okay, I'll, I'll throw some of that in there too. Just to make Pete happy, and and, and you know, and you know, it's, that's just kind of the you, know, you got to make the penciler happy, you know. So the the penciler gets you kicked off a book quick if you if he's not happy with your inks, and so. What's so. that colla- collaborative spirit, right? And oh, and yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think what, what both you know both you know you and and Pete were talking about, you know, you have to you have to love it, and I find in so many things. People love the idea of being yes. a musician. They love the idea of being a comp artist because they like the idea of what it affords them, but they don't really love the process. And if you don't love the process, then you really don't love being whatever that thing is. You know, um, it's, it's a harsh wake up call. Right? And, and from Pete's response, I bet you saw a lot of that at the, at the school yeah, or yeah, in yeah. general, right? Yeah. Even even some teachers said after someone dropped out, they they would say that they said, yeah, they love the idea of being <laughs> yeah. an artist. Yeah. They weren't prepared to be a comic book artist. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of new yeah, folks don't realize how much time it takes to, it to draw a page. It's it's a lot of work. I said I said to someone the other day because they one of the guys I used to work with in finance. We met up for a drink, and um, he was also you know he was talking to me about what I do now talk drawing comic books. Cause and I was like, Oh, you know, so a page, it'll take me about a day. It's like, that's like 12 hours work. He's like, really? <laughs> just drawing takes you do it for a whole day. It takes you yeah. just that much long to I said, yeah, to do it right. To do it too, as well as I can. To make it look good. Yeah. No, no, unless you're in it, you don't know. And I don't, and I, I don't appreciate how long it takes other people to do whatever their job may be. You know? Yeah. Being a lawyer, you don't do that overnight. Being a doctor, that takes a lifetime as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so unless you're in it, and you've got to love it if you were going to do it for that long. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if you, you folks feel this, but I, I definitely do. In, in any endeavor I had, 
I used to, when I was younger, think that the big step is you you do all the work, you achieve the goal, and then after that, it's, it's smooth sailing. You achieve the goal, you made it, and it's just you just maintain it. And yeah. what I didn't realize is once you achieve the goal, now you have to work two to three times harder to yeah. maintain it, let alone. Oh, golly. That, right? that, was, that was always That's the hard the, part. The, the, being <laughs> so, a freelance comic book artist is, oh, golly, that was that made you want to scream and made you just want to quit a lot of times. Sure. Sure. How, how about for, for, for you, Roberta, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of started more like your, your influences or, you know, mentors. I mean, you know, it sounds like Jerry was a big influence, but, but was there, he was, there, he, was yeah? he was the initial uh, mm-hmm. influence because I had always uh, respected his work and um, I had interviewed him for, um, for a school as a working illustrator, we had to do um, pick somebody you really admired. And so I dove into his history and I was just fascinated with his journey. And, um, and you know, like I, I really did respect his opinions. And, you know, when, when I had questions about art, you know, I came to him quite a bit for for when I I'd say if you want to if you want to go forward on you know how how I was influenced what I was working the entire yeah. team yeah we had yeah. we had a whole group of people doing the same job you know um, all of us on the same comic at the same time and so we would talk to each other quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There was yeah, such an energy to that kind of studio experience, right? I mean, you you know, there was to be an able excitement to about. It. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that you know we influenced each other quite a bit, and that that gave you a continued excitement towards what you're doing. And it's it, it was fun to discover, especially I guess you know, like you were mentioning, um, Photoshop wasn't wasn't really well used in that capacity as a drawing tool. And so we were doing it on our own, in our own way, and whatever way our body felt like doing it. And so all of, all of the people that did the same job, we found different avenues to create the art. And it's like Photoshop is strange that way. You can, yeah. you can um, have different methods to get a, a certain look. And yeah. there's no wrong way, really. You know, so mm-hmm. some people would try something and it's like, wow, that makes everything easier. And you try it and it's worse. So, you know, like you just try try it and then suggest it to other people and then see if they like it. And sometimes it, it just changes their world. And, you know, one little thing. Definitely. You know, I mean, like that's blending, keeping stupid things like a blending layer or whatever, you know. You know, we, we have a saying in martial art, which is one move, a thousand applications. In other words, you can do this one movement or this one gesture, and you can use it in many different ways in many different instances. And, and that, that same thing kind of parlays into art, right? You know, some people may mm-hmm. use this transparency for this or this alpha channel or, or, or what have you. Um, while, while we're on the subject of color, maybe you could share a little bit of what, what, you're, what you're working on right now. Uh, I know you were saying okay, it was Cat so and this is this is um, Cat and Mouse issue four. Mm-hmm. And I'm just starting the uh, the color layout, and 
at this at this stage i'm just going to get a general idea of what color i'm going to put in the background um mm -hmm. and then i just lay in the flat colors for the characters and then i'll start rendering them you know but at as i go i just i start thinking and comparing and so like i i will actually i think i'll get it most of the way done by the end of the show we'll see that's great and that's what Wobba's pencils right and yes is Bar barb's inks or whose whose inks are that oh my it's goodness barbs. it's barb's inks. Barbs? It's yeah barbs? yeah yeah I, you know, can't I, I do like, everything for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, look, looking at it, and, and you know, it's such a privilege to kind of be with everybody and, and, and seeing the the messages that we send each other of our, our works in progress. And it's really neat because, at least for me, I've seen Woba's pencils and his his stuff kind of evolving. It's getting even mm -hmm. more kind of cinematic, and the storytelling is getting more extreme as I see each each page getting in, and he's getting a little bit bolder and, and more confident. It's really cool to see to see that evolution, you know? Um, so that's great. Yeah, that bottom that's panel. You, part. Yeah. That, that bottom panel. Yes. So you got the, the two, it looks like, you know, the two complementary colors. Is that just more mm -hmm. of, if I can ask, is that more just of a, a guideline and then you're going to add in the more quote unquote. I literally just color? separated her from background. That's it. Oh, that's what it was that, for. Okay. You know, it's not even, it's not laid in yet. Okay. Okay. Very I cool. did. I did want that general mm -hmm. gold feel down mm -hmm. there because this is this is just a beginning of the um the grass but the grass it, it's a nighttime scene it's dark enough that this will keep getting darker so i want this you know this crying character to take a lot more precedence that's great so. kind of punch it up um mm -hmm. so so for me as far as mentors and stuff like that you know it was um it, it was you know, it, there's an advantage to being the low man on the totem pole. And I definitely was, you know, at, at Malibu. But the great part about it is, is I would be the guy that would do all the little tasks and be floating around from department to department. So there'd be days where I'd be in the art department. There'd be days when I, you know, most of the time I'd be with Roland or, or, you know, reproducing art or, 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 or even doing touch-ups on inks or little things like that. And um, so like what you kind of alluded to, uh, Roberta, I mean, I, I think everybody, everybody influenced me heavily. And I think what I what was so special about that time was I got to see the whole process every day. You mm -hmm. know, I could see I could see a page being penciled, and then you know a couple of days later, see it being inked, and and the whole process. So to be able to see that, you know, was fascinating. And 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 just to walk by the coloring department, you know, they were always in the in the front main bullpen. It was always darkly lit, and you'd walk by and you just see these these glowing screens with everybody working on uh on all the coloring. It was it was it was really cool. So definitely a, a big influence. And um, and Roland, of course, you know, definitely would would help me out with things. You know, Roland was the kind of like a, a teacher in that sense. And and he would even he wouldn't necessarily tell me he would ask me. He would say, well, which of these two pages do you like? And I would say, well, why? Yeah. It's not enough just to say why you like it. Can you art articulate and can you explain, you know? Um, and like I said in the past, sometimes he would actually let me. Now, I, I, I say that now as an adult, he would let me decide. Um, it could have been. He let me decide, and if my decision went along with what he had already decided, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they let the kids they, they have more power. But, but I mean, I still remember there were times where he would say, "Hey, here's here's a page of pencils. We have three inkers in house. Which inker should do it?" You know, and so I want this guy to do it. Well, why? 
And then I'd say, okay, you know, let him do it, you know. So, um, but yeah, definitely. a test with him. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> great, definitely. But you learn, definitely. and you learn how to trust yourself too. Yeah, I mean, I when think you don't defer do, everything to someone else, you learn a lot about yourself. Definitely, and, and I think comic book art. I mean, all art, but I really feel like comic book art is totally like a greater than the sum of its equal parts kind of thing. You know. Um, you know, sometimes people say, you know, well, they're not going to see that you put this highlight there or do this, that. But I feel like the reader feels everything that you put on the page, whether they can articulate why. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's a it's a it's a it's a tremendous art form. Um, so so what were were there? Here, here's here's a here's a very broad question, but I'd be curious. What it, it, does anybody have any epiphanies or, you know, kind of aha uh -huh moments where you just kind of your, your mind opened up about the process where there was something that you learned or something that you were doing where it just kind of there was this this moment like you know where you kind of had this realization about developing yourself as an artist something that changed does anybody have any any moments they'd like to share interesting uh i've got um, one yeah my, my main one was uh when uh it was when when I was working for Jimmy and uh, and, and Stephen and, and all those guys when I was doing stuff and and I was uh, I kept going you know I kept inking pages and stuff and they they were the, they were looking okay but there's just there was just something missing and it was this thick and thick and thin thing uh, the the weight of the inks and and Jimmy gave me the best advice I ever I, you know besides just keep keep jamming and keep working and just sample, 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 keep doing it and do it. And every spare minute, just keep, keep doing it. But all he said, go grab some, uh, you know, grab a comic that you like. And uh, he said, grab something that's really busy. That's got a lot of uh, figures in it and stuff. And he says, go grab that book, take it over to take to, to your photocopy place and, and make an 11 by 17, you know, blow it up. The, you know, black and white, uh, that, you know, that color page, blow it up and uh, just lay you some vellum over the top of it, some tracing paper and just ink over, you know, don't, don't, don't try to do your style. Just ink over, over that, that guy's inks, just ink over his ink. Mm. And, um, and, it, and I remember it was a, it was an X-Men page that I just, I just, some page that I picked out. It was, I forget which book it, but it was a, a, uh, what was the anchor on on those X Men books uh, when doing all the Jim Lee uh, cross hatching and stuff? Uh, oh shoot, I'm so bad I don't remember the person's name. Well, anyway, I started inking it. Williams. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's exactly. And all of a sudden, I started inking over his line, and I'm and I realized I was putting the weights in the wrong spot. And then it was that second. I've I've, I've told this story before, so y'all heard it. I'm sure. Uh, all of a sudden, I, I was like, I'm putting the weight in the wrong spot. That's the reason why the inks look really nice, but there was just something off. And then at that that one second, the next page I did just started looking beautiful because it it, it clicked in my head that I was putting the weights in the wrong spot. You know, I was kind of, you know, when you like, for instance, and, and I mentioned this on the thing, like you got your arm here. You know, you see the light from this, 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 this light is shining you know, on the tip part of the round part of your arm is the thinnest part of the line to where it gets thicker on the ends, right? I was just, and you'll see a lot of inkers get it wrong. They'll just, you know, do the whole thing one big 
big thickness or they'll put the big thick part in the middle and thin on the ends and all that kind of stuff. And it makes their arms look like they're bowed out and stuff. And if, so if you just get the, the thicks and thins, so that was for me, that was my, my epiphany, if you would say, uh, all of a sudden I, I was like, Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> and then at that point, uh, I showed Jimmy some more samples and he goes, you got it. And then about a week or two later, I started getting work. That's so cool. No, no, no lie. I was just putting, I just did not see that I was uh, inking the, the the lines in the wrong spots or the thicks and thins in the wrong. I was just making everything look awkward. It was still crisp and everything like I do now, but it was just the line, the 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 highlight as the light passes over to make things look three dimensional. Like I like I keep trying to say with the inks, I was just doing it in the wrong spot and it just made everything look clunky. And then it just just worked out. So and how, that, and how was, great that was me. How great that he sh- he showed you how to get the answer instead yeah. of just spelling it out to you. That's that's a that's a real teacher, right? Lead you to it instead mm-hmm. of you know. Yeah, well, well, you learned it, and you know, uh, uh, I, yeah, it's it was a my class was just doing it. You know, going to school was just uh, you know hundreds of pages of, of sample pages, just just doing them, doing them, doing them, doing them. Yeah, so that was uh, that for me. That was the moment. That's excellent. Excellent. Does he, I mean, story. not to be too simple, does he know that, that he had this level of an impact on you? Because Oh, yeah. No, he knows. No, and yeah. I've, and I've uh, you know, every time I, uh, you know, when, you know, I don't, I don't, over the past couple of years, of course, I hadn't seen him that much, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still good friends and everything. And, you know, whenever, whenever we have a little quiet moment, and, you know, I, I still got to give him a hug and I go, you know, I'm giving you a hug. And he goes, I know. And That's good. Just, yeah, just because he, uh, you know, and and of course with the Stephen and Mitch and all that kind of stuff and rolling, it's uh, you know, they're they're the ones that uh, that 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 kept me, you know, kept kept me with supply of pencils, fresh pencils to work on all the time. <laughs> That's so. great. Well, you know, it, teaching is, you know, and I know I know P teachers are, you know, and, and I always feel like teaching is a way of kind of not only paying back but also kind of it's the closest you can get to immortality in a way because you pass something on to somebody else and it carries on to the next and to the next and to the next, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like when I first started teaching martial arts, my, my teachers, one of my teach, I never wanted to be a teacher. I thought I had the ability, but one of my teachers came up to me and finally kind of had a heart to heart. And he goes, you know, if you don't teach, then all that knowledge just basically dies with you. You know, he goes, if you teach, then you can pass it on to somebody else and they can do something with it. And that's, that's a life, you know, essentially what he was saying is that's a life worth, you know, well lived, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that, that's, that's great, you know, cause some people hold on to it um, like it belongs to them. And I, I think that's the misunderstanding is the knowledge doesn't belong to you. You just, hopefully you get it and you transmit it to the next person, but yeah. it doesn't belong to any of us, you know? Um, so, um, so, so for you, for you, how about for you, Pete, um, you know, I know you were, you were, look like you were kind of considering some, yeah, um, I, I, they kept banging on at school about, oh, you're going to all these little details, you're getting really, you're getting too close, you're getting all these details, you know, it's going to make the page look, look busy. Okay, yeah, okay, so you try and pull back. But it's not until you actually see a printed comic book and you can see the page actually shrunk down. You go, <laughs> yeah, okay, that uh, I can see what they were talking about now. Okay, I can, I don't need all that. That hatching and all that stuff. Um, so it's literally since, really since the first team up book came out, 
I've started realizing that actually no, I don't I don't need all that hatching stuff in there. It does make it look busy. So I've for Trumps, especially Trumps issue four, um it, I think there's a huge difference in my art. It's a lot less busy, mm -hmm. I think. Tommy could say yes or no to that. No, no for it's sure. Trying, it's trying to be less busy, just more bold to me this stuff that i'm making this uh yeah this is uh, i'm loving this is i, uh, I yeah I, yeah and, and you can be told this stuff a thousand thousand times a million times as, as we were but it's mm -hmm. not on 11 by 17 you think oh no that's a, that's okay i, I can't no, i can't really <laughs> see it I mean, yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. but i like it then it's shrunk down to page you know yeah there's a lot of hatching isn't there all over actually i don't i don't need that when it's also the style, you know, if you if you're doing some Bernie Wrightson kind of artwork, of course yeah. it's going to have all that kind of rendering and stuff going on. But when we're so, doing this type of type of look, yeah, I'm trying you know, to keep it, uh, yeah, keep it keep it just less busy is the word. And that's, Make it look yeah, cool. that's something I've always been told, and that's it. Just yeah, I've, I've started to realize what they were saying now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because they were at school, they'll say to you, you know, it could be, it could be another ten years before you this stuff starts to really click. Mm. I've got to hope it isn't because by that time, <laughs> I don't know what we're we'll doing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no, um, no better example than that. You're having your comic book printed in front of you and looking at go, mm, could have done that better if I just done that different. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's that, that first step of anything is acquiring the skill and the ability. And then the next step is restraint, right? How do yeah. you reel it in? Now that you can, how do you navigate that? And that, that's always interesting, you know? And, and so that's why I've always been a big fan. And, and there's all different styles, but I always love watching like when Frank Miller was doing Sin City or Mike Mignola's mm -hmm. art. I mean, to be able to, to say so much with, with a, a minimalist. Yes, kind of that's right. We really love those guys. It can just do oh. very... It looks simple because it's just black, white, and it's open, you know, almost open. But it takes a long time to get there to be able to mm -hmm. say, actually, you know, I can take all these lines out and just have. John Paul Leon was very good at that. I mean, he was a master of that. Oh um, yeah. Brian Azzarello does that really well. That noir mm -hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Frank yeah. Miller obviously for Sin City, just black and white, and yeah. it works perfectly. And uh, but you have to go through that that process, right? You can't just yeah. jump straight to that. It's you like can't I jump to that. I wish you could. I wish I could jump to that, <laughs> but you can't. It takes takes forever to get get there, and some people never get there, and some people don't want to get there. They they go a different direction. Yeah, and um, it, it totally. I mean, that's why I like Ronin. When you look at Ronin, that the Frank Miller book, you can actually see all the styles that he was trying to figure yeah. out that became his trademarks. And um, you know, but but yeah, you you can't get to that point without traveling a certain distance, you know. So um, that's great. How how about for you, Roberta? Was there any epiphanies or kind of like oh moments creatively in specifically in comic books that you know kind of you know? Yeah, moments. It, it it's hard for me to pinpoint honestly, but I would I would point I think to just as the as as the work that we were doing evolved quite a bit you know we had we had just been working on ultraverse and then we opened up to quite a, another group of styles i think that that range that we had 
and seeing what was coming through the shop that was for me the most interesting thing like you know you're mentioning Sergio Argonas coming mm-hmm. in and his style completely throws you because it's very detailed but the busyness is all deliberate deliberate mm-hmm. you know and you can't and you can't say that it's a it's an easy thing to color because you can't you can't make an awful lot of um of shading in it before you mm-hmm. you know you don't have any room for it really um yeah. so you have to adjust your thought process per artist and yeah. that was really what it was for me because prior to that it was just my own thoughts of like you know i i admire this artist and that artist and that you know and it just kind of was more simple mm-hmm. of you know like i i would i think test myself with with ranges outside of, of my own comfort zone but when i was actually having to do it for work i think that made a huge difference you know sure and that, yeah for that's the big the big epiphany is just you know having having something that's not something you're used to doing and your initial approach uh has to be thought of in a different way definitely you know for me i mean there there are quite i was fortunate to have quite a few of the you know epiphanies or revelations but um a couple that stand out was i still remember there was an artist named sam lu he only did a a couple of drawings for a couple of Malibu comic covers. Um, he was, he, I think at one point was working for extreme studio and then he ended up being an animation director. But I remember one time he was drawing a picture for me because I, I was about to leave for college. So I got everybody to do a sketch for me and he happened to be in the office. And as he's drawing this really cool illustration of Nightman, he would put his thumb over certain parts of the illustration and just hold it there for a second, covering it apart. And then he like an empty part. And then he keep drawing. And I'd ask, I asked him, what are you doing? He says, well, when he puts his thumb on the piece of paper, he visualizes what line would go there and what would look good before he puts his pencil back down. And it was such a avant-garde kind of technique, you know? Yeah. But, it, but, but I, I started doing it and it, it worked. So that was pretty cool. Just thinking outside the box. Um, another one was when coloring, um, I went to college and I was still doing freelance work and I was, I was, I was coloring, I was doing color designs for a book that Joan Chen was, uh, that um, Joyce, sorry, Joyce Chen was doing, you know, um, Art Adams' wife. Um, and I really was like, you know, I, I was coloring, but in my heart, I wanted to be a penciler. So I was, I was really kind of overdoing it with the colors and the detail and not really focusing. And she kind of called me because um, I was living oh. in San Francisco. And, but she was great. You know, she was living in San Francisco. So was I. We met each other a few times to talk. And she just kind of had a, had a chit-chat with me. And she just said, hey, look, she says, you got to remember what your role is. You know, she says, you know, you're, 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 and she wasn't mean about it. She just said, you're in service of what's already on the paper. And you have to be in service of that so that the story goes and so that it doesn't get distracting. You know, you have to do what's right for, for what's there, you know. And basically it was stay in your lane, but it was the sweetest yeah can you just color this and, and quit adding your own stuff to it yeah yeah and so that was a huge moment and, and the last one was with roland it was something it was kind of something similar you know i was afforded so many opportunities working at malibu and and they were working on an ultra force video game it never came out but they were well along to it before the the video game division closed and um i had read the design doc and they didn't have a the main villain character wasn't created yet so 
being the kind of ballsy kid I did, I, I, I knew the guy who was the, the creative person on the team, uh, Scott Sava. So I asked Scott, I said, well, have you guys designed the villain yet? And he said, no. So I had already drawn a picture. I said, what about this? <laughs> and he was really cool. And he said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. He'll be the, the guy that fights all the Ultravorce characters. And they actually meant it. And cool. so, yeah, it was, it was so great. And, and so, um, so every day I'd be working for Roland and then I go, Hey Roland, can I, can I go sneak off to the design team on the video game and see what they're working on? And he go, okay. Yeah. So I run over there. I'd see what they're doing. And then I come back. Well, this went on for like months. Right? And after like the second month, Roland goes, you know, Curtis, no, you can't go over there. <laughs> I said, why? He goes, they sent me a memo. They said, don't let Curtis come back over here anymore. Well, he just, it was just about being professional. He said, you know, your job is to be the editorial assistant. And this is something special that, you know, you're kind of getting to do on the side, but that's not your job. Your job is to be here working in editorial, you know? And, and it's again, that, that idea of being professional, you can have yeah, aspirations, yeah. but you know, you got to stay in your lane, you know? And um, so, and you know, some people don't learn that until they're escorted out the building. So I was very fortunate on, on both occasions, right? <laughs> Um, well, believe it or not, I think we're at that, at that time without further ado, everybody make sure to one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, make, make my my there you go. thank you everybody. Take Bye. care. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Be fun. Thank hey, you. I'm Alex Savier, and I just want to let you know, make mine civil line. Thank you for listening to the Silver Line Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.